listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. doing today brother i didn't know you were fixing to sing man that was i didn't know you could do that man uh a a triple threat man this has just been a a phenomenal phenomenal time again i don't want to be redundant uh with it but i just can't help but continue to give praise towards this house what what god did last night man it was that was just that was phenomenal uh i remember after Kristen had spoke man i was just I was sitting there just shaking, and I remember just thinking, God, thank you that I do not have to speak after her. (laughs) I would would not know what to do, but then I'll tell you what, uh, the the move of God, man, and and that's really what it was. The story was phenomenal, but it was the vessel that she allowed uh, herself to be used by uh, God, and and the spirit was so heavy, the presence was so heavy, and and, uh, man, it's just an honor to be able to follow up on this, and and so, actually, somebody, I, I was telling that to somebody last night, and they said, well, what are you going to do after Chad gives his testimony? I'm like, dude, that's easy. Chad don't have a testimony. So, <laughs> but I'll tell you this, since I've been in the house, since I've been here, uh, the fellowship, the, the level, the spirit of excellency, uh, the friendships, the smiles, this, this guy, Michael, that was on this guitar, that, is, that has got to be the, where, is he in here? He's in the back? I mean, the way this guy, he's like... I mean, this guy loves some Jesus, right? He just makes me so happy to sit there and watch him worship. But you guys, hospitality, your friendships, uh, man, what? I've been in some big arenas and I've been in some, some little arenas, but uh, what you guys are doing here is absolutely phenomenal in this church. The example, the leadership, what God's doing here, I see that God is going to reach this city, all of Bel Air, all of Broadmoor. There's going to be an explosion, and not an explosion of the flesh, but an explosion of the spirit of what God's going to do in and through this place. Can I get an amen? And I want to kind of have some sort of attachment because I want to say, hey, hey, I know those people. I, I preached that conference one year. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, one thing that I, uh, Pastor Robert was actually talking about how he enjoys studying and reading, and, and I'm the same way, man. I'm a studier. I'm a reader all the time. I'm always reading. I'm always studying history, physics, whatever it is. I, I just like to be educated. It's weird because I, I hated it in school, but now I love it. But I did a little bit more than Tylenol 3, so I had this bad habit of whenever I read a book, and I don't know if you guys have this problem, sometimes even when I read the Bible, I'll be like 12, 13 pages into it, and then I'll come to myself and realize I don't remember one word <laughs> that I just read. What, what is going on here? <laughs> and so with that in mind, they asked me to talk about purpose, the purpose 
of freedom. And, and I began to think this whenever they told me that. Well, that's easy. The purpose of freedom is easy, man. Uh, being in bondage really sucks. There's a, it, I would much rather be in freedom. But as, as I started diving into this, I began to see and understand without purpose, it's impossible to sustain freedom. You may experience freedom, but without, without a purpose, it becomes impossible to sustain that. Can I get an amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today and, and speak your word and speak your truth, Lord. And I pray this day that, that no man, no woman will ever remember me or my name or my face, Lord, or, or any of us or any of the musicians, God, because it's not about us. But let us reflect to you and your name and your truth. Let it be done in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So the other day I was reading this story about John Coulter. Has anybody uh, ever heard of this guy? Doesn't ring a bell at all, right? Me neither before I read it. Well, this guy lived back in the, in the 1700s. And when America first came over here and they started conquering land, conquering territory, this was one of the guys that led major, major expeditions. And he just went uh, round and round. And most of the time, people would do one expedition. Well, this guy, he would go out over and over and over and over again. He got into a lot of trouble. He just continued conquering land. And this is whenever I was reading the story. It's right about this time where I lost my memory. And I don't know what I was thinking about, but the next thing you know, I'm pages down. It's actually on my phone on the internet. I'm pages down, and the only thing that I could remember was this. As this guy ran 200 miles through the cold Montana mountains. He stayed out extra expeditions to do this. He was fighting off Indians. He was fighting off animals. He had no food or he had no sleep the entire time. And I'm thinking, why did this guy do this? This seems so irrational. Who would go after all these expeditions and decide to go run 200 miles naked with no food, no sleep, while, while experiencing it? There's no rationality in that. There's no logic in that. Why would somebody risk their life to go do this? So I'm thinking, man, I've got to go back and read this story six more times to figure out what's, what's going on, right? So I, so I go back and I begin to read. And this is the other side of the story. You see, whenever he was on his expedition... He ran into Blackfoot Indians. Does anybody know who the Blackfoot Indians are? Well, this is actually a tribe of Indians. It was actually four independent tribes of Indians that compiled together to make one large tribe. And they were very known for the, how vicious they were. And, and these weren't nice people, man. They, they, were, they were killing people. They were shooting arrows at people. They were, and it wasn't nice stuff. These were the ones that would scalp you. I mean, these were very vicious people. Well, what happened was this, is one day uh, him and another guy, John Potts, decided to stay on another expedition, and they were alone. They were looking out land. As a matter of fact, they were right around the Montana area. They say this is the, the first European person to ever see Yellowstone National Park. And while they're, they're floating down a little river, some Indians came up, and they said, hey, you need to come up ashore over here. And, and John says, okay, no problem. Coulter says this. The other John, John Potts, said, I'm not fixing to come up there. So they begin to shoot their arrows, and they kill the other John. And John Coulter comes up, and they strip him of all of his clothes, and they said, now you need to run. Run where? You just need to figure it out and run. So he's given a basically sign language. So whenever he starts running, after about five minutes, he sees what's going on, and he realizes that he is now the object of a human hunt. What once seemed so irrational, why somebody would risk their life, why somebody would be willing to lay down their life, to sacrifice their own life, was seemed so irrational at one time. 
When you add purpose to it, becomes logical. Whenever, let me tell you something, there's no point in laying down your life. There's no point in suffering. There's no point in suffering consequences. There's no point in, in crucifying your flesh if there is no purpose. But when you add the purpose of saving your life, it just made it a whole lot more logical. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. So this is what we want to talk about today. The purpose of freedom. Without purpose, suffering will never make sense. Jesus Christ shedding his blood on the cross, it never makes sense if you don't have purpose. Why would a man come down from heaven, down to the earth, be beaten, be scorned, lay his life down and have blood shed? If it didn't have purpose, Christianity will never make sense to your mind. It'll never make sense to your soul. It'll never make sense to your heart without the object of purpose. So three questions we're going to answer today is this, is is what is your purpose in creation? What is your purpose of living? And what is your purpose of existing? You guys ready for that? The first point is this. We were created to be one with God. I looked up the definition of that purpose. It says the reason, that's a key word right there, reason. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. You know that there's a reason why you're here. There's a purpose why God created you. And I learned this, a fish was created for what? To swim in the water. And a plant was created to sit in the soil. And we were created with a purpose as well. And that was to be the image in the presence of God. This is what Genesis 1 and 27 says. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Any time that you take something out of its natural habitation, what happens to it? If you take a fish outside of the water, what happens to the fish? If you take a plant outside of the soil, what happens to it? If you take you outside of the presence and the image of God, what will happen to you? You will die. And that's why you see living dead people walking around. They may be walking around, but they have death. I did seven years in prison, and I would see men stare at a wall with nothing but pain, hurt, and death in their life because they had no image of Christ living inside of them. Oh, y'all not following me yet. Y'all not following me yet. Luke uh, 6 and 44 says this, for, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why we're here at this conference. There's a reason why we're here at the church. There's a purpose for us being here. And if we're not here with purpose, if we came here to get a free meal, if we came here to get a free t-shirt, there is nothing that's going to change or happen in your life outside of purpose. The Bible says that, that you can judge a tree by its fruit. Our fruit after this conference, our fruit after this, this, this message, our fruit when we leave here, we should be looking like the image of Christ. We should be treating our spouse the way God treats his bride. Come on, somebody. We should be raising our children the way, the way that God raises his children. Our life should be producing godly fruit. Can I get an amen? Amen. Romans 8 and 28 says this, And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good, of those that are called according to his purpose. You see, God has a, a, a purpose to his calling. There's a purpose, a reason why God called you. 
And, you know, I see sometimes whenever people, they work their whole lives, hardworking men, and, and then one day they, they decide that they're, they're done, they want to retire. And it's interesting that you can see a lot of the times if they don't get involved into something or they're not doing something new, uh, a year or two after retiring, they'll, they'll pass away, they'll die because there's no more, there's no more purpose in their life. Outside of purpose, there, there's no ability to live. And we may have an experience like Pastor Robert said, but there's no ability for relationship. There's no, no ability to live beyond that. God's purpose, here it is. God's purpose for your life is holiness. What's God's image? God's image is holiness. And he's, he goes so far to say this. You know, holiness is not an attribution of God. Did you know that? If holiness was an attribute of God, that would mean holiness existed outside of God. Holiness is not an attribute of God. God says, I am holy. You know who I am? I'm Bobby. Bobby is me and me is Bobby. We're one and the same. It defines who I am. And when God says, I am holy, he says, my name is holy. God is holy. It's who he is. Holiness doesn't even exist outside of God. And whenever we become his image and his purpose, we begin to be one thing. And that's holiness. Come on, somebody. I've learned this. I've seen a people, and I've lived it my own life, to where people, they'll, they'll have this life of sin with all these different sins, and they say, I, need, I know I need to make a change. So they say, I'm going to do this one thing different. I'm going to stop cheating, but I'm still going to continue listening to that, watching that, going here, entertaining this. And they get one thing out of their life. And what they do is they try and test God, say, God, I tried it, and I didn't see any results. And that's a false doctrine. God never says, give me some of your heart. God says, give me all of your heart. Conform to all I am. And what people do, it's almost like having a dirty cup. And somebody going in there and grabbing one piece of dirt out, chunking it out and drinking it and saying it still tastes dirty. That's because it is still dirty. You'll never experience the the results of a godly lifestyle. You'll never produce good fruit if there's still bad root. Come on, somebody purpose what are you created for romans 9 and 21 says this or does not the potter have a right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use and i want to ask you this what are you created for what are you created for are you created for a common purpose for just to be drank out of one time and thrown away is that what you're created for are you created for a noble use Are you created for honor? Let me tell you something. You know how you determine that? What you do determines your destination. That's not God that determines that. It's you. What you are doing right now determines your destination. He says this, many are called, but few are chosen. You know why? I would say this. Every person in this building is called. God calls people all over the world. You know why so few are chosen? It's not God, it's the person. What you do with the calling determines what you receive on your, on your chosen. Come on, somebody. It's not up to God, it's up to us. How we choose to live our life determines how God can use our life. I spent my whole life, I spent 25 years crying out to God, wondering, God, why did you fail me? Why did I have to experience, why did I have 17 years in a prison system, three convicted felons, seven years in prison, no father, abusive mother? Why did I experience the pain and the hurt and suffering all my life? God, why did you, why did you fail me? 
It was only when I realized that it was me that was failing God that I was able to experience freedom. Come on, somebody. It wasn't God that was failing me because God is bigger than a circumstance. He's bigger than a situation. And whenever I was willing to acknowledge truth and and take responsibility for my own actions, God was able to come in into my heart beyond my circumstances, beyond my situations, and explode something greater than what I had living inside of me because greater is he in me than he that's living in the world. Come on, somebody ought to praise him. What you do determines what you're created for. You know, the same hammer that forms metal is the same hammer that shatters glass. And you have to determine your destiny. You have to determine what you were created for. You have to determine how God can and will use your life. The second key is this. As we live to serve His will. We cannot be filled without God's will in our life. I've tried. I've tried the drugs. I've tried the adultery. I've tried everything that you can try. And I've come to the conclusion that there's no fulfillment outside the will of God. Revelations 4 and 11 says this. Cole said, I'm not allowed to put my my hand in my pocket. Sorry, Cole. (laughs) Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you were created all things. Here it is. And because of your will, they existed and were created. You know, I think it's, it's interesting that you see a world full of miserable people. And they may have things, but it's miserable people. It's usually those people that want to tell you how to be happy. Did you know that? It's miserable people. They may have things, but they're unhappy. They have a bad marriage. Their kids are doing wrong things. And they're miserable in their own life. And they want to tell you about how you need to be happy. There is no happiness. There is no fulfillment in the world. Every car will break down. Every home will burn down. Every dollar will take wings and go. There's no fulfillment outside of being in the purpose and the will of God. We were made by God and for God. And until we understand that, life will never make sense. Suffering will never make sense. Self-crucifixion will never make sense. Coming down from heaven to die will never make sense. Laying down your life and following him will never make sense outside the purpose of his will. Perspective. I've seen this perspective of people that I deal with, and the perspective is this, is I can still do this and go to heaven. I can still do this. I can have a little bit of sin, and I can, I can still go to heaven. It's a perspective that really, it's a person that's not all in. I'm going to tell you this. I can always find a person that has truly stood in the presence of God because they will never have that perspective. They will never have that perspective. They'll never have the perspective of, of what I can do, what I can get away with. That's not Christianity. That's not holiness. That's not the presence of God. When somebody comes in and thinks, I can, I can dibble in this, but I can still dabble in that. God actually says this. He says, I wish you were hot or warm, but because you're lukewarm, I will spew you out. And that spew means rejection, a vomit. That means I've rejected you. Let me tell you something. It was only when I, when I, I decided to truly give everything that I am to God that I truly understood who he was and I truly benefited the benefits that the Bible says I will. Otherwise, we end up with people that may have left Egypt, but they never got to the promised land. They wandered around in the wilderness year after year after year after year because they had a partial obedience to, hey, maybe I'm not on dope no more. Maybe I'm not banging, but are you in the promises that God has given you? 
Are you living in the fulfillment? Where, are your, where is your marriage? Where is your children? Where is your job? Where are you in your heart? How, is you, how fulfilled are you in your life? There's more to life. There's more to this walk with God than saying, I'm not banging dope anymore. God wants to bring you not just out of, out, of, out of the bondage, but he wants to bring you out of the wilderness. And even more than that, he wants to give you all the promises that he's placed in his word. I've learned this, that everybody makes mistakes. I've served God 12 years and I still make mistakes. The problem is whenever people are okay with those mistakes. This is, yeah, I sinned and, and I'm okay with that. That's a mind that truly hasn't been con- con- converted, conformed to the image of Christ. I, I do fail. Is it okay to tell the truth? I fail, but I'm going to tell you this. When I do fail, the conviction runs so deep that I cannot sit in that failure. I cannot stay there because I know that that's not God's will, and I know that's not his purpose for my life. And that's why I can't stay there, because of purpose. Because the purpose that God placed in my life. Isaiah 59 and 2 says this, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. I, I, was, I was talking to, we have a men's program. We got about 64 men in there. And about two years ago, I was meeting with a guy. And the story just stuck with me. And the Lord was really, really convicting him. And this is the conviction that the Lord had for his heart, to stop smoking cigarettes. And he came and he quit and he started. And he came and he quit and he started. He came and he quit. And then finally he gave in and he was just smoking away. And he came and he was miserable. He was miserable. He said, man, Bobby, I just don't know what to do. I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I, I, I just don't know what to do. I said, well, are, have you obeyed what God has told you to do? He said, no, I, I'm still disobeying God. How can you have the promise of God while you're still living in the disobedience? He's trying to find happiness and fulfillment in the things of the world. He's trying to find a source that only God can give and a source that comes from the world. And it can't happen. What God can give, only God can give alone. And so he's seeking to be happy. He's seeking for fulfillment. He's seeking for something that only God can give him. Why on earth do we think that we can ever be fulfilled, that we can ever be content, that we can ever be happy, that we can ever be filled with joy when we willingly disobey against God? When you have purpose, suffering is no longer suffering. When you add purpose to a situation, sacrifice is no longer a sacrifice. It wasn't long ago, I got out of prison, and I had a lot of drive in my heart, and and I I worked my way up and and through my work area where I I made a lot of money, had a a nice house, nice cars, had a lot of stuff, and then God says, I'm ready for you to give it all up and to go into ministry. And I didn't even think about it. That that was done. I, I don't even have to pray about that. You spoke it, it's done. And my family thought that I was crazy for that. You're making 30% of what you made. You had to sell your house. There's no logic in that. What are you doing? But they don't understand. I have purpose. And when you add purpose to suffering, suffering is no longer suffering. Let me tell you what I really did. A sacrifice never happened. I reached toward the greatest prize that I can absolutely find, the greatest thing that I could grab a hold of, and what wouldn't fit no longer stayed in my hands. I never sacrificed. I never crucified. I never laid anything down. I reached for glory. I reached for the greatest thing that I can find, and what didn't mean nothing hit the ground. 
It wasn't a sacrifice. Until we understand the purpose of what we're doing, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's going to be a sacrifice. I believe this. When Jesus laid on that cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I don't believe that it was a sacrifice. I don't believe that it was a crucifixion. I believe he willingly laid his life down because he had purpose. When we have purpose for not doing drugs, let me tell you something. It's not a start and stop. When we have a purpose to forgive our spouse, when we have purpose in our life, a sacrifice is no longer a sacrifice. Come on, somebody. Without purpose, Christianity will never make sense to us. Colossians 1 and 16 says this. For by him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Here we go. All things have been created through him and for him. This is why Jesus died on the cross. He had a moment in the garden. It's not what he wanted to do in his flesh, but how many, we have a flesh, you you know this very well, we have a flesh and a spirit, right? And in his own flesh, he didn't want to do this, but because of purpose. Because the purpose that God put, this is why he came and he knew this in his soul. And that's why he was able to walk just like a lamb to the slaughter. You want to figure out how do I get from where I'm at to where I'm going? You want to figure out how to never do drugs again, how to never live in bondage again, how to never live in pain again, how to never live in hurt again, how to never live in unforgiveness again. You want to figure out how to get from where you're at to where you're going. You add the purpose of God's calling on your life. Purpose. Without purpose, we may dibble or dabble in a little bit of freedom, but we'll never sustain it outside of purpose. You ready for this? It's a bomb. I spent my whole life trying to figure out how to get right. I'm going to be honest with you, even doing drugs, even doing, doing alcohol, even running around, there was so much in me that wanted to do right. One day I got right, and you know what I figured out? Right is wrong. I spent my whole life trying to get right. I finally got right. I got off the drugs. I got out the alcohol. I got all those wrong things out of my life. I got right, and I realized, I realized right is not right. Right is wrong. What in the world are you talking about? Let me tell you what right is. Right would have been if Jesus Christ would have stayed in heaven. Right would have been if sin would have suffered for its own sin. Right would have been if we paid our own sacrifice, if we paid our own crucifixion. It's not about being right. It's about God and it's about God's will. Come on, somebody in this house. If you ever get to the place where you're right, you've completely missed God because God is not about right. He's about grace and he's about mercy and he's about love and he's about forgiveness. And sometimes we have to be willing to suffer the consequences of other people's sin because of the purpose that God has placed on our lives. Sometimes we got to forgive that person that abused us. We have to forgive that person that touched us. We have to forgive that person that has, has sinned against our lives. Why? Not because it's right. Not because it's fair. Because that's God's purpose. Purpose will put you outside of your comfort zone. But it'll fill you beyond measure. It'll bring you to a place that you've never known. The last point is this. is We exist to fulfill our personal calling. Not of our own will, but our personal calling that God places upon our lives. 1 Corinthians 12 and 21 says this. 
And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Skips over to verse 25. So that there may be no division in the body, but that the member may have the same care one for another. You know, we all have our personal place in the body of Christ. Everybody, God has called us, and there's hands, and there's feet, and there's things all over the place, but we're all called to this body. We have a personal call, and I've learned this. Until you find your personal place in the body of Christ, you'll always be lacking. You will always lack something, and an empty cup will always desire water. If you're not fulfilled with the purpose you have on your life, you will always find yourself in six months down the road doing what you used to do. An empty cup always seeks to be fulfilled. Until we find our place in the body of Christ, we will always struggle. We will always have failure. We will always suffer. We will always fall back, resort to the same thing because an empty vessel can't stand. Until we find our place in this body, if you're in this area, you need to be in this church every Wednesday, every Sunday, serving God faithfully with everything that you are. And I'm going to tell you what it is, like Chad said, it may be a sacrifice for some people to wake up on a Saturday, but there's nothing that will fulfill your life like it. The personal calling that God has placed on our lives. Some people fail in this matter when they begin to look at other things. They begin to look at friendly Mike over here on the guitar and say, I want to I be like that. Or I want to sing. I want to do things. This, this, this is what I've learned about people that want to fulfill other people's calling. It's not really about God. It's really about them. Has nothing to do with God. I see that. I like that. I want to do that. That's not God's will. And this is what I learned. It will always fulfill your flesh. Come on, somebody. It may fill the hole, come on somebody, but it will never fill the soul. It will always leave you lacking. It will always, you'll have fun while everybody's looking at you. And I got the spotlight. Look at me. It's about me, God. Look at who I am. Look at what you're doing through me. But what about when those lights go off and you walk away and you know you're, you're missing the call that God has on your life? Don't worry about what somebody else is doing or where they're at or where they're at in their race. You worry about where you're at. Don't worry if somebody's excelling quicker or slower than you or if they're doing something that you want to do. God, what is it that you want me to do? If you ask God what he really wants in your life, he'll show you and he'll always make a way. And whenever you find it, there may be some desires of the flesh because the flesh does roar up. Your soul, it'll be full. Come on, somebody. Life is so much more than personal gain. That's why I gave up worldly things. I had many things, but it meant nothing. They came quickly, and they left quickly, and I don't miss one of them. I don't think about one of them because what I have is far greater. What God can give is far greater than what the devil can offer. You find your true purpose in serving your personal calling in the body of Christ. When you find your purpose, you ready for this? This is a bomb. You find your true purpose When you find that, and you know what that is, and you're walking in that purpose, you'll be willing to suffer for that purpose. You know what running water does? It runs. The only purpose running water has is to run. There's no other purpose that it has, so you know what it does? Follows the path of least resistance because it has no other purpose. That's all that running water will ever, ever, ever 
ever do is follow the path of least resistance because it has no purpose. And sometimes I believe in this building, there's people that came in this place and they were simply that. They were running water. They were moving. They were doing something. They were going from A to B. They had the law. They had things going on. They were moving, but they had no purpose. So they're following the path of least resistance. But let me tell you something. When you add purpose, when you add purpose, when there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing, it doesn't matter about the resistance. You don't look for a way. You make a way. Nothing's going to stop you. Nothing's going to hold you down. Nothing's going to keep you down because you are called mighty man, mighty woman, called according to his purpose. People have worked their butts off. Work their butts off trying to obey the law. Work their butts off trying to obey and do what they've been told was right. And because they've lacked purpose in their life, they've never been able to attain it. Now you're in this building here. You're in this conference right here. You're in this church right here. And I don't know what your, your reason for, for being here is, but I know what your purpose for being here is. Some people will leave this place with a hot meal and a t-shirt and a picture with, uh, on, on Instagram with Pastor P. Come on, somebody. And that's all they will get from here because they did not come with purpose. You have to look in your own soul. It's not about uh, Pastor Robert or me or Cole. It's about you and your heart and your soul. Why am I here? If you'll search with, I'm telling you, it don't matter. Me, I am here. Pastor Robert, God, I confess this. I'm here with purpose. And my purpose is not just to come and teach and impart. My purpose is to get closer to God than I have ever been in my life. That's my desire. That's my heart, to never be stagnant. Never think that you've arrived or you're there. I'm not doing drugs. I don't have to pursue. I found this. Whenever a person does that, they die. When you stop growing, you're dying. Your time wasn't then. Your time is now. Come on, somebody. The time for growth, the time for deliverance, the time for freedom, the time for peace, the time for God to move in your life is here and it's now. But you have to make the decision within your heart. What's my purpose for being here? Why am I here? Am I going to let this moment pass me by? Am I going to let this moment go out this door? Am I going to miss this opportunity? Or am I going to take and accept the calling and the purpose that God has placed on my life and leave this place a person that I have never been or known before? I'm telling you, God is in this building. The presence I felt last night... I don't, it's been a long time since I felt a presence like that. And it's not about me or the staff. It's about what God and he wants to do. We get out the way. And I want to tell you this. We're going to open this altar up. And look, I'm not fixing to beg anybody to come down here because if I got to beg you, it's not real anyway. You're not responding to God. You're responding to me. But I cannot understand for the life of me why there will be a soul in this building that is not crying out to God with purpose in their heart to look more like him than they have ever known before. Come on, somebody. Let's stand up in this place. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, 
We are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.